Hi, and welcome to the 142nd edition of the Keen Minds podcast, where we cover NBC's The Blacklist. This is season nine, and we are covering episodes 15, Andrew Kennison, episode 16, Helen Maggie, episode 17, El uh, Canejo, and episode 18, Laszlo Jankowitz. I'm Jen, aka Takata Cycle. And I am Tessa. And Welcome back. back. <laughs> yeah, we're back. Sorry about that, guys. I, I know it's been a while and apologies. My, my life's been a little bit chaotic on my end. So you can that blame me. Yeah, that's what happens when you move. You move yeah. interstate. <laughs> yeah, you can blame it on me, but I am in one spot now and um, caught up Almost on these episodes. Eh, getting there. Yeah. Um, the cat is happy. So the cat's happy, Jen's happy. Uh, but these <laughs> these were four excellent episodes to essentially binge watch. I watched them all in the last week. And I, I think for me, the way my brain works, it actually helped make some connections. I would like to think I would have made otherwise, but it made it a lot easier to make those connections. I binge watch them. All this this afternoon, I sat and I watched. Actually, I even started on fourteen, and I watched fourteen to, through seven through eighteenth. And I gotta say, they're magnificent episodes. Um, Kennison is by Lucas Ryder, like Laszlo Jankowicz. Uh, Helen Maggie was Daniel Saron, and El Conejo was Sean Henn. So excellent, excellent heavy hitter absolutely top of a game episodes yeah they're 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 a plus writers i mean not not that they are the only a plus writers but they they are three gentlemen who have been with the blacklist for a lot of years now they know the ins and outs and all the mm -hmm. all the details here i haven't even forgotten that Cerrone has been involved in most of the heights uh, episodes like the director and and um, uh, Adrian. Um, I'm blanking on the name. Yeah, it, I don't. My I, apologies, folks. My brain is sort of fritzy, so. Yeah, but, but that's you. I, what's my? <laughs> I'm sending the vibes. Adrian your way. Shaw. Yeah, Adrian Shaw. Anyway, it's been a long week for me. I lost a puppy, so my. Uh, brain was otherwise engaged in, in missing him. So I think we're going to just, uh, Jen and I were talking, we're just going to talk about all four episodes because the the lines are going right through them and the story kind of go together. And and one of the most notable things that I, that I got in Vim it's that I don't know if this red is getting old or he's getting comfortable in his um, too comfortable in his uh, skills, but it seems to me that the line that runs through all this and and also through Cooper's situation um, being a contemporary of red was that they think they got it all figured out. And the truth is that they're not reading people right. That they've been that they've been stumped by people that they believe they were they were that things were as they seemed. Well, we like talked the magicians. 
we talked about it in the the last key minds episode with the uh the wife of his former employee that that got both him and cassandra um sorry mm-hmm. I, I was trying to call her madeline <laughs> like no yeah. she's not madeline um but both he and cassandra were fooled by her and how bizarre some of the reactions to that were but I think you're right. I, I don't know if it's being, I think to a degree, yes, he he sort of has bought his own. <laughs> I mean, he has to certainly present being that omniscient sort of individual. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think to a degree, he's bought some of that. Yeah. Um, he's taking too much of his own LSD spray <laughs> and, he, and he is beginning to lose it. I mean- well, it, Aram, Aram fooled him by getting a Helen Maggie. Um, the, 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 the wife of the partner fooled him by being the one behind the operation, something that they had not known for all those years. Um, El Conejo was, was fooled by the son who hasn't, uh, who he thought was the weak son. So can can we stop for just a second since you mentioned that one? Because I have it in my notes. Um, and I, we're going to be bouncing around here, guys. Sorry about that. But how interesting that parallel that they were drawing between um, between the um, the cartel guy and Brett El Conejo. Mm-hmm. Um, how how fascinating that parallel was because you had Red watching the videos that he'd left and James's facial reactions to Red watching himself mm-hmm. were phenomenal, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> like, like what did was you I think? Say that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like did the, the those words just come out of my mouth? Really? What was I thinking? Mm-hmm. Um, but when he told in the video told Liz that her one weak point was always going to be Agnes and that he didn't have any real advice for her on that, insinuating that he'd never figured it out, which he clearly didn't. Like Liz was always a blind spot for him and he knew Agnes would have always been a blind spot for for Liz. Mm -hmm. And clearly we saw that the son was a blind spot for El Conejo and that he was it looked like he was trying to keep him safe it looked like he was doing and so he thought he was weak and well hang on for 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 a little bit of time for for the majority of the movie or for the show i think that that it looked like what red was trying to do by keeping liz safe by keeping her close and what el conejo was doing by keeping his son out looked like it was to keep him safe they looked like they were running in in sort of fractured parallels mm-hmm. until the end when when he makes a very different decision. Red never would have tried to kill Liz. I mean, he had trouble even talking about excommunicating her and ended up not being able to do it. I mean, she literally tried to kill him for age, you know, for, for a full season. Mm-hmm. And he never could bring himself to even, you know, really cast her out. And this guy, was about ready to shoot his son without a problem mm. um but it was just a very interesting parallel as red was watching himself talk about the the parent-child relationship and the blind spot mm. in the criminal empire 
it, it was very fascinating to me. I thought it was really well done. And, and you also have the other parallel in Healing Maggie on how <clears throat> that, that lion to Red was because she's telling him about, you know, her only son being butchered for no good reason. And you see Red's face as he's telling that. So she, she was another one that pulled one over on him. Yes. So there, there. It's interesting how all these story themes are converging from all these different places, and and the one thing I was I was uh, I was looking at was when when Red made those videos. It was a very interesting time in the show, because Red had always and we've talked about this many times in the show how red was adamant from the very beginning that there is always a choice i mean that was like one of this main thing in cape may there is always a choice you always have a choice and and he tried to fight against smoky saying well my father was a gambler so i gotta be a gambler because it's a family curse and and how slowly he he began to see a different moment i i looked at the attire Red was wearing when he made that video. And Red made that video on the same day that he was, uh, that he went to Marvin and said that he wanted to set up, after Marvin was reinstated and said he wanted to set a time apart and uh, review his thing for, for Liz. So that's when he made the video, not when he bought the house or the, or the safe, those are different things, but the videos, that's the same time. And at that time, he was saying, you know, Liz is going to a very dark place and he's going to need this empire. And Marvin is, what are you saying? Like you're, you're making it sound like he doesn't, you don't, that like she doesn't have a choice. And that's the first time that Red actually is able to say, maybe that's what I'm saying. Sometimes there isn't a choice. And then he tells Liz, you know, I didn't plan to leave you this or this things to go, but there is destiny, change, you and me, and you're the daughter of, of Katarina Gostova. So there is a whole line of going from you always have a choice to sometimes you have no choice. There is such a thing as destiny, as DNA, as, as nature, that you can't go past it. You can only bend it so much. And, and then there is the other thing coming at the other end of how he's being blinded, not just by Liz, but by believing his own advertisement that he can read people very well. And I think that this whole situation with Liz, you know, as you say with, with Tom all the time, when you get emotional, you can't see. And I think that those those lines are converging really fast here. Well, and it's it's interesting because we've seen, and, and this will this will feed into something I want to cover later when we talk about the the finale or the um, the end scene for uh, for the last episode for Laszlo uh, oh, that was Jenkowitz. Awesome. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, but I I, I want to cover that later mm-hmm. down the way, but. Something interesting, and, and I've been talking about all season, that I feel like, I, while I like Weecha in that she's a badass, uh, she just, like, she's fun in that way, I've never trusted her. 
Um, and I've never liked Mirsa. There's just something, like, I think she's supposed to be creepy. I don't think it's like something bad on the actress or anything. Like, I think she's supposed to be a little bit spooky and creepy. And she definitely does that, but I've never felt. Mm. Well, there was, a, there was, there was well, something she said, gave me the creeps. When Red said, I'm not sure that we, that I've seen how bad can I be? And she said, no, I don't think you have. Yeah. I, mm, you mean Weecha saying yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. Weecha saying that. that was I, so oh, let, let's just talk about these two for a second. Because <laughs> mm. I, I don't trust them. Um, and I, I don't feel like Mirsa and Red make sense. Um, for Red to be as seemingly puppy dog in love as he is with Mirsa. I, it just does, it's never made sense to me. You know, uh, and I, I go back to something he said to Wrestler. Um, I guess it would have been back in season two. Was it two that he was in uh, AA the first time? Yes. I trust um, no power other than myself. Yeah, I, I don't trust. I, I would have to believe in a power higher than myself, I believe was the, the phrase mm -hmm. that he said. And he does now. Whatever it is, the whole shaman thing that, that Mirsa has going on, he believes in it to the point that he's sending her photos of flowers. to. He's rubbing it. his head with a foot with an egg. Yeah, it's just, it's honestly a little creepy. Um, Not trying to knock anybody's beliefs or anything, but from what we've seen- For from Red, Red, it is. Oh, yeah, exactly. From what we've seen from Red- That is like Red seeing Red in, in a pulpit talking about, about forgiveness and, and, and God. I mean- It's bizarre. They don't it's, go together. Yeah, it's, it's very bizarre. And so I, I get the impression that he met them at his very lowest and it's almost- like she wormed her way in maybe and i i genuinely i don't think we just gone i honestly think we just set all of that up i i think that it you was you think that Mirza was in uh, in the setup i maybe i think i, 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 I have think two minds dead. about that uh you think Mirza's dead yeah i think uh, not Mirza, Weecha. Oh, see, I, I don't think so. I, I think I think Weecha was involved in that because she wanted him to stay there. She was very, it, it was set up very carefully. And she went in, we never got to see her. I, I think that if she were dead, we would have seen her inside, but we only got the audio. So we're only getting it from Red's point of view. I think that she was involved either she and Mirsa are in it together or she's trying to push something to either push him back to, to Mirsa or make him cut ties altogether, make him make a decision essentially. Mm. Um, I don't know which one it is, but I don't think those two women are on the up and up. I think they're very sketchy. I see where you're coming from there. I do, I totally see that. I'm not sure I agree with with Weecha not being on the up and up. I Mirza do give me the the creeps because 
she seems to be seeing a man who hasn't been there in many years um, in red. In, and I think, I, I just keep back to to um, to Ulysses in the trips and the and the and all the sorcerers that he met and kept them. You know, they got they got him sidetracked from his from his travels and getting back. There is something going on with all of this, and. <clears throat> Everything, everything we've seen here in this episode bring back one thing that I, I, I talked about it a long time ago, which was the magicians. You know, how we got so much magicians things going on. You know, Red has a hat. They're talking about, about bunnies. There's bunnies here and bunnies there. How much there Aram is loves smoke magician. Aram, Aram loves Lom magic. Wrestler hates it. And and they call wrestler a, they call a, um, Red a magician, and he was talking like a, you know he was telling Garvey like a magician never reveals his tricks. Um, so there's all being a whole bunch of magic and magical things, and and how now there is this this um, a Red telling like the magician allows you to fool yourself, and that's how he realized that that is not he's safe they made a duplicate so that's one more duplicate we're getting i mean all these lines all these themes that i've been talking about for years and some people have been making a lot of fun out of me out of for those um they're coming back and they're all coming back together at the same time i'm very excited not to mention did you see the sheer amount of plot that was in this episode I am terrible. You would think after all these years of talking about Vlad that I would pay closer attention to the costuming, but I don't. <laughs> I'm just very, very bad about doing that. And I should, I just get caught up in watching what I'm watching. And Oh, come on. Every time I see somebody wearing plot, I'm thinking, mm, are you lying? And then I've, <laughs> I have to come back like, no, that's just in the blacklist. Well, yeah. Um, but like every time we talk about it, I think next episode, I'm going to watch for plot. And I never do. It's, and I never do. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, this was, this was great. Um, so we're getting all this, all this storylines. Um, one thing that, that also comes back to all the way in the beginning, remember that absolutely beautiful scene we had in season one, when Red and, and Red and Wrestler on the box, and Red tells him, "You know, one more time, and and uh, you know, I want to do this." And he said, "You can never judge a, a book by its cover, but you can by its its first chapter and its and the last." And and this is a very interesting because they go back there, and Cynthia says. You know, if the ending of the story is interesting enough, they might let go of this chapter. So that's one thing that you're seeing. You know, maybe you have one chapter in, in which Cooper actually became a criminal, doing criminal things like lying and tampering evidence that, and covering. That, let, let's pause there for a moment because that was such an interesting thing. Because in, in a lot of this, we have to kind of take a step back and 
and you know suspend disbelief for a bit because they're what happened cooper wouldn't have happened um <laughs> uh, but we've seen them bring liz in and out over the years so it's it's been set up in this world it's acceptable but it was so interesting how all of that panned out with with red blackmailing cynthia into i mean he he used that real fast um yep. he just didn't have that <laughs> Well, <laughs> Cynthia tried going back on the high horse after saying that she wouldn't, and Red called her on it. And like, yeah. excuse me. Oh, um, it's when he suited you, that was not bad. But something interesting that because I mean, there were several weeks in there that I mm -hmm. was hearing chatter, you know, from friends, but I hadn't seen the episodes, and people were up in arms that. Um, and not even necessarily wrestler fans, just like, why is Aram now leading the task force? Why not wrestler? And my, my reaction, having not seen the episode was because wrestlers trying to stay off drugs and you don't put someone that's in the middle of trying to stay clean in a leadership position where he's dealing with that and staying clean. I said Aram was really the only option there. Um, you were patting yourself on the back. Yes. <laughs> Do you not remember me talking about that one day it will be, uh, it will be somebody surrendered to assistant director Aram Mostabai? You did. did yes, I you did. You did say that. Okay, I'm reaching through the the. Uh, Thank you. Computer Thank patting you. you on the back. <laughs> yes, and I've said it many times, and but, there's a reason for that. Did you see what Aram did? He did a red on red. I, you know what, so, and, and stood I, up to him. I was so proud of Aram there. I like, I, I honestly understand both sides very well from that whole situation because I felt like Aram's been very flakely written over the years. Some of it is growth. And so that's not necessarily flaky, but some of it's just like, he just kind of fades to the background and is there when he's useful. They've had trouble balance over the years, but I felt like his whole, you know, rug out from under red that he pulled to to get Helen, um, Helen Maggie, was one of the most a rom, closest to a rom's personality of this is right and we're going to do it. I'm going to make sure it happens. I'm going to protect the people I care about. It was so a rom now. I saying that I also understand Red's point of view mm -hmm. in the world he functions in he can't allow that and and I do understand that I yeah I get I mean, it but it, it opened up both but it opened up such a beautiful moment for Cooper to say we're the FBI we have to fill this role you fill that role and these are the roles we fill and we work together yeah putting it in just a very plain way, something that I, and it's been intentionally done on the writer's point, you know, blurring those lines, because let's face it, when you're working in a situation that's in muddy waters, your lines are going to get, you know, torn, blurred, torn yeah. to pieces, blurred. Yeah. But, but there is also the other nice. side of this story, which is fascinating because it seemed every time in the blacklist, when you think that you have a situation morally 
in a in a little tiny moral package and you think Aram and I was cheering for Aram because Aram did a red on red he managed to pull one on red and then red did a red on red on Aram oh. and and even now but when they got to the point where in this in the in when they're in the um with he red is with Helen and she tells him why he why she did it that's when you go back to that moral thing and put it into this notions where again once you think you had it all figured out and aram is doing the right thing because those are terrorists and that then you find out why this woman is doing it because the supposedly good government had her son who was an aid worker beheaded because they thought he was a radical. So who's the terrorist? So this, this, it's like, it's like seeing one of those mirrors that are in front of one another at a slight angle. And then you think that you're seeing, and then the, the truth keeps going further and further reflected. But that's been, that's been a topic that's been covered a lot in this show of like, here, here is the you know, the, the legal side of it, the, the, the FBI, the, you know, and they have certain responsibilities. And Cooper and Liz talked about this more than mm -hmm. once. Like you are with the, the, the FBI, you have a certain, uh, certain things you have to, to uphold because you have taken this oath. Red can do things and he's useful that way. That's one reason they've made the deal with Red that they've made is mm -hmm. so that Red can provide that avenue. It's the same reason they brought Tom in once, once they found out who Tom was. Tom was useful that way because, and the reason they worked with Halcyon Aegis and everybody else that they have used over the years that is not FBI. They yep. become very useful because they're not necessarily bad guys, but they're also not on the legal side of the yep. spectrum either. So they play deeply in the gray. And- while Red can get away with that, as the, the FBI, FBI cannot, they, they have to hold themselves to certain standards or else the lines get too blurred. And that's where Cooper found himself. And that's exactly what he said. He said, I blurred the lines too much and look where it got me. Like mm -hmm. I should have held myself to higher standards. Yeah. And so, oh. Oh, oh, no, I was just, I'm saying that that's a, I think that's a very beautiful way to put it so Aram even though we can look at at Helen Mag, uh, Maggie's situation and say okay I understand this as the audience the FBI would still need to act in a certain way because that is their job yeah well that and, and that is has been the blacklist in a nutshell exactly that sometimes the good guys end up being the bad guys and the bad guys end up being the good guys which was one of those ads that tom did for the mustangs that was exactly that the bad guys are the good guys and you never know who's who's who but one thing that was also interesting is that is that at the end when he had no more punches no more games no more moves to do Red gets Cynthia with that recording, but he's not saying to Cynthia, hey, you know, you have to, to do something illegal here or I'm going to, 
you know, put this in the Judicial Committee. What he does is make believe that Cooper was doing this as an agent and he had authorization to break the law. It was and, to help Coop. Yes. Like, it's, it's well, not, it's, he was bending the rule book rather than throwing it out the window. Hold on. But we put that together with our first line of the show. We're going back to the very beginning. What's the first line of the show that read others? That not, not even read, that uh, uh, the, Mr. Gray utters. Um, must be oh, good oh, to you're, you're back about home. The, yes, the very, very beginning. The pilot. Okay, yes. I'm, I'm thinking the episode. I was like, oh, no, Mr. Gray. must be good to be back home sir home being in front of the fbi and here is red as a last resort when he has nothing left he's telling cynthia to use a mechanism by which an agent is allowed to break to commit criminal acts for catching a criminal and I, hey I, I admitted a few weeks ago that you you've won me over on red being deep cover i yeah, with the uh, with a seer that was, and, and whether <laughs> whether the folks that put him deep cover mm -hmm. are still around, still active, probably not. But he he has continued on in that, I think, and mm -hmm. so that that is something they'll be able to use for him. Yeah, it was it was just very interesting the way all of this is is coming together. Um, and, and it's interesting because Red Hat repeatedly in this have, have resorted to torture people who were actually telling the truth, um, like the guy. And it was interesting that Weecha had a feeling that that Helen Maggie was lying and that she was arming those guys. And she's the one who went for Mehmet and got Mehmet to tell the real story. So that goes to something that you said that Wicha is doing something there that you don't know what it is and you don't trust her. She certainly went a little out of her way to prove to Red that Helen Maggie had been lying to him. So in, in, um, the the woman with Cassandra and him was lying to Red. Uh, in Andrew, in uh, Helen Maggie, she was lying to him. Definitely uh, Maureen was lying to him. He's being lied by a lot of people and he's been buying it. And, and then the people who are actually telling him the truth, he doesn't want to hear it. Um, like um, Marvin had been telling him for a long time, getting you to hurt me it's the way people are going to get to you um and i lost the connection but it's going to be there okay so andrew kennison he was about to kill andrew kennison and we just stopped him told her remember what we're here for so redis is is acting more impulsively. And what is interesting is he seems to be going in the same direction Liz was going, acting each time more impulsively, um, not following this thing on, on, on trust and 
and and loyalty so i found it very fascinating the path that they've taken because in in blacklist fashion they've provided you know a piece of the puzzle per episode um mm-hmm. in the last several episodes very very a lot season two uh with with the um the fulcrum and everything and so we've gotten a piece of the puzzle each time with that we had you know the the pill that liz had swallowed that was really a tracker which led to andrew uh andrew kennison is that his name yeah andrew kennison andrew kennison who sadly was not the actor i thought he was um i thought it was a guy off fringe sadly not but that's okay um led it to, led them to andrew kennison who explained talking about and, and we mentioned this in the last podcast episode the the situation with Kennison's wife where she had a psychotic episode and people people died and Liz we we've been saying that season eight with Liz she she certainly was losing it and people people got hurt people died you know including her as far as we know and it was just fascinating because one of the the threads that I was just so frustrated with was how she, that that hallucination of Kate Kaplan in season eight. It was mm-hmm. so bizarre. To and, and I thought, if you remember at the time, I said, "Oh my gosh, she's clearly hallucinating," and they're going to to dig into this. We're going to get answers on why she's been doing all this crazy crap. And then nothing. Kate Kaplan just went away and we didn't hear about it again. And I'm going, what? Why? <laughs> you know, it, it made because no sense. Because everything takes forever here. It does. Um, and here I thought that was just a broken camp thing. <laughs> Apparently <laughs> Eisentrust keeping on with it. Um, they had to have so we, we have, common. We have a time release pill that was designed to release antipsychotics, but that doesn't mean it couldn't have been something else in that pill that made her crazy. Especially because most of the hallucinogenic um, uh, compounds required really tiny uh, doses. But I do think they were, somebody was dosing her with hallucinogenics because that lion that uh, Jankowitz saw that, that followed him everywhere, there was a point to that. I mean, it was yes. it was like, oh, look, crazy man on LSD. Yeah, th- there was that, but. It's a cool lion. It, it was it was cool. Like it was kind of an interesting little little thing there. But, but th- there he was, is hallucinating with this dangerous creature following him around. And yes. Liz is hallucinating with that dangerous creature following her around exactly and so and the fact that kate kaplan has come back in the situation they think it's kate doing all this like so in in i'm patting uh, myself in the back here again because how long have i been saying that kate's sister has been involved in this very long don't don't break your arm over there it's okay i'll I'll pat you on the back you don't have to break your arm hey in it's it's i'm having a good time let's just put it that way when when i finished elk uh when i finished elk uh, 
the rabbit. <laughs> the rabbit. The rabbit. The rabbit. God. It's it's really interesting because I was actually just having a conversation with somebody about how the cartel had taken over avocados as we were like eating guacamole and going, eh, we don't know if we want to eat this guacamole, you know. Um, it was very interesting that they talked about the avocados. Yeah, and it's actually real. I mean, yeah, oh, it is. Are. Absolutely is. Um, and that's my point. Like I was having discussion over dinner about the guacamole which as you eat your, uh, yeah. your guacamole yeah yeah i'm like mm, do we need this on our fajitas i don't know um <laughs> at what cost at what cost um but anyway uh there was a point to that hang on sorry um talking about the hallucinogenics the that they were doing this this the lion oh and, oh and um this is, yeah it was this, kate kaplan kate yes. kaplan that when at the end of it they were like it's kate and i i sent tessa a text as soon as i finished the episode i went mr kaplan and like as soon as i sent it i was like i don't know if i believe it yet i feel like that's too easy and again like at, at some point you can only you know in theory you can only fake your death so many times but you know it, it is the blacklist so it, but, it's not that it, it, this is but, where we go into different things. Well, there I was going to say impossible but, and improbable. There you go. There impossible, you go. it's not. I mean, you she but could improbable. have had somebody catching her and then releasing a body immediately. Exactly. But yeah. I saw that scene again, and Red kind of leans over immediately, well, sees something, somebody's pleasures in the air. It, I think she's dead. And well, I think this is the sister I was say, who looks eerily like her. She does look a lot like Amazing her, casting, people. Amazing. Oh, the, the casting on the Blacklist has always been just amazing. But but in uh, 918, in Laszlo Jenkowitz, as they started following down this rabbit hole with, with it's Kate Kaplan. And Red started just immediately believing it, which I don't blame him. <laughs> like, I, if I were Red... I mean, the, the woman's come back from the dead several times already, so I don't really blame him. Um, but as soon as that became the immediate go-to, I went, it's not her. This, this is a red herring. This has all the signs of a blacklist red herring. And I, I am firmly in that camp. Um, and so it, I, I think, I, I still think that Katarina Rostova is behind all the shenanigans, but she could be using the sister to to do a lot of this because you're right she looks a tremendous amount like kate and i still have the question tessa and i were talking about this before we started recording but i have the question of all right so season three and, and i don't get the impression that that kate and her sister like had deep discussions about red clearly the sister knows red knows who mm -hmm. he is doesn't have a problem with it whatever um she probably always knew her sister was a little bit off. Uh, be hard not to. But Red shoots Kate in the head for betraying him. Kate doesn't die. She comes back, tries to destroy his his entire empire, and and succeeds. Mm -hmm. And then Kate throws herself off the bridge. So at what point? Did Red go to sister and say, sister, Kate's dead. Sorry about your luck. Was it, hey, sister, I shot your sister in the head? Or was it, 
Kate threw herself from a, you know, there was a situation. I suspect and, it was through from, from the bridge. I, I do too. I, I, I don't see a scenario in which she would have fessed up to that. Um, or he, I mean, but he, you, 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 you said something, you said something there and I, I have to, I have to just again, go back. Um, I remember people were really upset when, when Kay turned out to be a villain and boy, did I get hate over that. It, but then I've been looking Why back. did you get hate? You didn't write the episodes. As if that's going to stop people. That's fair. It's very fair. <laughs> well, it's not fair, but I understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I've been in the Blacklist fandom and in other fandoms and people yeah. are crazy. So I went back and start, started looking at Kane in a very different way. And, and I did it once we realized that she was a villain. And I look back and, and I remember the first time I started rewatching all of Kate's scenes. And I started getting this eerie feeling that whenever she calls somebody dearie, that meant anything but dear. Oh, that absolutely. Was, yeah, that was just creepy. And she, and oh. then I, I did it again. I went and I watched a lot of her scenes and I started looking at her arc. And from the very beginning that she goes to work on Red, we know that she kept started keeping journals of the people he killed, how they died, where they were buried, exact date, identification um, means. So she was always prepared to take Red down. Then something happens and Red decides to surrender. She's really angry. We learned that in Requiem. She was Adam and again and, and immediately got that pinch look. She's then called when Liz kills Appleman. And instead of doing what was normal, which was she's a federal agent who killed a guy in the course of a normal investigation, who killed a guy who went at her with a gun. Leave the guy there, and that's it. She cleans the body. But then when Liz keeps Tom in the boat and she's cold to clean that scene, not only does she fails to find the bullet, but she also leaves the body where Aleko knows where it is and he eventually talks. So I began thinking, was that already the point when she thought that Liz was lost? Because that's bizarre, but it goes even further. We get, we get to season three and Liz is pregnant and she had killed Connolly and that she did, she was in frame for it, she did it. She knows, Liz, he, she has to know Liz is pregnant. She must have arranged that Krelov second thing. And at that time, she already thinks Liz is lost. As she tells her, because when she arranges for all that, it's, it's what is she trying to do? Liz to give up uh, the uh, baby for adoption, what Liz is trying to do and she's miserable. She's lying to Tom, she's lying to Red. She's back with the morose teenager hating Red and blaming him. She's, she's looking like Kate with that little Bob that was terrible. And, and she's speaking with Kate's words. 
And then she gets Liz to fake her death. But at the same time, she must have been the one telling Constantine who to hire. Because otherwise, how can you think in terms of Constantine wanting to get in Liz's good graces and recover his daughter, but at the same time having Tom killed? That doesn't quite function in any way that you can think of. Unless he is doing it because she's, he's paying back Scotty by killing his son. And he started doing it when he thought that Liz had been killed, so a son for a daughter. And then she's, he's still angry and has him killed because it's a payback for Scotty. It's the only way that it's, bizarre action makes sense. I, I got the impression, just as a side note with Constantine, that he was singularly focused. And Tom just wasn't part of the equation for him. That his entire focus was Liz and Agnes, because Agnes is Liz's daughter. Tom wasn't his son. He was a son-in-law. But and why have him, him killed when he was clearly against Red? Tom was a natural ally. And having, I mean, telling your right. daughter, telling your daughter, yes, I'm your son and I'm, I'm, I'm your father and, and I'm trying to get you away from him and, and you'll see that I mean well. I, let's have your husband killed and, and then I'll show you how well I mean. It doesn't make any sense. Well, I mean, he, he tried to have him killed during but, but, the wedding, too. I mean... No, no, no. He just hired Scotty to, to kidnap Liz. Solomon decided that they could kill everybody else, but Solomon had his own little bone to... Uh, his, you know, he had this, oh, this little issue with, with the task force and, and with Tom. So for him, that was like, great. No, not, I not yet. Care. He had no issue with Tom at that point. Well, the task force certainly. He and Tom had issues after the wedding. <laughs> no, but Tom before too, because him. remember that that scene in in the in the woods. I mean, they fool him, and that's he was. That's true. Wrestler and Tom, they had they had issues. So, but look at what he, what Constantine does. He first hires Tom's mom, and that's a knowledge that he couldn't have got from anybody but from Kate. And that would be, well, they also could be from Brad or whoever, whoever. No, but it goes further because then he hires Mato, the man who was responsible for Annie's death because he was brutal to this, this man's uh, brother and then he got angry and, and killed Annie. I don't think he was totally responsible, but he bear responsibility. And by doing that, he she's basically guaranteeing that eventually Tom and Red will get to Little Nico's. Little Nico gets tortured and Mato gets killed. And when they're going to get Mato, she sees Mato. And I went and I rewatched that again. She sees Mato, she gets out of the car. She stands there looking at Mato, who's looking in the window, until Mato sees her. She doesn't move. She had time to get back in the car. She doesn't. And then Mato runs. She runs him over, but then he's still alive. And Tom is beating the helluvas out of him. And Kate is looking pretty angry. So the coincidence here is too big. That, that both people are high somehow to Kate. And with knowledge that Kate has. So it seems to me that Kate 
had already given up on this. And the fact that she's the one who's controlling when is Tom leaving, she's the one involved in that little switcheroo with the babies. So do, do you think that her trying to get Liz and Tom out of there and get them away from Red, that was just part of the play? Yep. I think she wanted, once Liz was pregnant and Liz was staying with Tom, all her plan would have got Scotty against Kirk, Scott Red against Scotty, Red against Kirk, everybody against Tom. He wanted to get everybody out of Agnes' life. She had transferred all that crazy stuff about being obsessed with Liz with a promise that was totally contrary to Katerina said. Katerina said, you're here as a nanny to provide care, like bathing her. Um, when I'm not here, and when I'm here, I'll bathe my own girl. And then told her not to get involved and then told her to walk away. And what did Kay do? Invented that she had this, she, she has swore to her mother to care for the girl, something Katerina never asked for. And then go berserk over that. And then when she considered Liz was beyond help, transfer it all to Agnes. So I can totally see Kate having had Liz killed or her plan or Maureen had it as continuation of the plan. I think it had, I have no problem believing that. Now, Ma Maureen, is that the sister's name? That's I'm, the sister's okay. name. Okay. Yeah. I, I just wanted to make sure because I completely blanked on her name. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that, that when you look at it, it seems like Kate is actually a much bigger villain than I, I even thought that maybe a lot of what has happened has, I mean, Lord knows what she did in all those years. But would something that would be interesting. So <laughs> as soon as the sister said that there was a woman that had been involved with Kate I immediately thought it was going to be Katerina. Not necessarily because I think Katerina had romantic feelings towards Kate, but I could totally see Kate going, yeah, she's got romantic feelings towards me. I have no problem using that. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what she did. I, Clara Moore was definitely, it's interesting because when were they together? Because Kate was on the road and like, when did that happen? Well, she I think that that it, it could be true or not, but it's interesting that I mean, Clara, Cla that that Maureen that gives were... them Clara. Clara then tells him about that note two days before, which is more or less a coincidence. So it seems like Maureen was waiting for Red to come to her to put the next thing in effect, and there they seem to be following the same playbook, taking his people out one by one. Remember, he started with with Zach Small because Zach was was uh, loyal to Red, and she was able to buy Abe. But then they had uh, Zach killed with Natalie Luca, and then they she hired Philomena to go after Joe Peracchio and Marvin, and then poison him. Which I suspect that poisoning is the root of Red illness, and it might not even be real. It might be just like like most of the uh, uh, apothecary's illnesses. Well, who's to say that he hasn't been dosed with a little microchip that's releasing something into his system mm -hmm. whenever convenient? Yeah. 
Well, one thing that was that was funny, and uh, I can't claim to it. Somebody said it already. That when uh, and that the doctor said uh, somebody came because the wife of gone berserk and killed a lot of people, and the name started with K. Somebody said, "Oh, Keen." Well, I mean, I, I, I I've been making that comment for weeks now yeah. that that those two things are so clearly tied because Liz went crazy. She nearly crashed two planes together. She blew up a hospital floor. I mean, she was doing things. Liz always towed the line like crazy. And yeah, often, that's not the line. That's I was going to say, and she, she towed the line and often sort of weaved around it. No, she vaulted over it and didn't look back in season eight. She went, she went I mean, diving into the deep end of the crazy. In, in season seven and eight, I made the comment probably on the podcast as well, but I know certainly off of it. I said, well, they had to kill Tom off because if he were still around, he'd go, hi, babe, let's have a chat. You're yeah. going crazy. Let's stop yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're going too far. And if I think you're going too far, clearly you are going too far. <laughs> it's like, this is a time where you need a little rest in one of those padded rooms it, with if no the, worries. If the man that's cool with waking a dude up from his tummy tuck and torturing him with it, <laughs> says you're going too far you know you've gone too far well it Liz has clearly follow a, a progression I mean she started and if you think well, it about was, it it was so intense and that's what I mean like she she had we we have a history of her of course of I mean she she shot the AG for heaven's sake yeah and but that that but that but was gone. I mean different. that wasn't yes it was different I was say that yep because she had a history that you and I have talked over many, many times on this podcast. Tom says, don't throw the coffee cup at me. <laughs> you know, so we know that she has so done it. She has a violent temper. She has an it instinct goes, to go violent. But that's entirely different than premeditation of bombing a hospital with a bunch of innocent yeah. people into it and trying to crash two planes. Even if you think you can get away with it, the level of egotism... That is clearly psychosis. And that's and, that's why as soon as they started talking about this time release capsule of antipsychotics, I'm going, well, they can pump you full. And then they brought the LSD episode in and I'm going, and yeah. I'm going, and this guy who had an ego off the charts, who was seeing hallucinations, who was living this life, I'm going, yeah. That's Liz. Like this is what this was Liz season eight. This this yeah. is what we're seeing. And can we just talk about, like, it takes a certain type of actor to be able to play the total lunatic. Mm -hmm. And that guy did a great job. Yeah, he did very well. He did very well. I totally bought the, the bizarre guy. There was something in, in Liz that she had been, there was, you and I talk about that. You even made a connection to those side-to-side -side movements. That was you who, who pointed them out. They're called mystic amours and they're, and they're, a, sin, a symptom of, of brain damage. And we talk about how many times have Liz got conked on the head, suffocated, asphyxiated. Um, it, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a lot of, of that. But there is and, that. And uh, memory manipulation, which yes. is still screwing around the brain. And they did it when she was a kid. And, and granted, probably at the time, they didn't really know what those substances were or what they did. Well, I mean, and think and about all the medication 
that they were pumping into um, a four-year-old kid. Well, I'm, I'm saying that the medication that we saw during both when Rustler was getting his memories, yeah. and Rustler refers to it as having his brain scrambled like scrambled. an egg. Yeah, and 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 it did a number on him. But there was one thing that I think that we have to go back to it since we're reviewing things that that Kate may or may not have done. There was Liz before that. They, she was violent. She had a, a, a really violent temper. She had narcissistic. Everything was about her. I mean, when Red said, I have vulnerabilities, plural, she heard, she heard vulnerability, me. Uh, I don't know about anybody else, and I don't care about anybody else. It's just about me. And she, she did say in the pilot, she refers to herself as having narcissistic, narcissistic tendencies. Yeah, that, that was a nice way of putting it. Yeah. Probably sugarcoating it. Like, yeah, you know. They, you know, like that's, a that's giant. Why, that's, that's why you never profile yourself ever. Big thick layer of 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 uh, sugar coating on there, but there is that, and then there is what happens after three eleven. In three eleven, gets Liz get beaten up, and all they know is they found her unconscious in a parking lot with three broken ribs, and broken ribs, and yet the baby survived without a problem. Mm-hmm. Agnes was fine. Mm-hmm. which you've made the comment that that would be an excellent place to, to do cover that. up and, yeah and, cover and up we, the, the, the the because you and, resisted and considering that we saw a blacklister that was breaking individual ribs very uh very intentionally like if you're going to cover up a an assault and use that as a cover for screwing around with someone's brain, that's how you do it. Mm-hmm. And then, but you're also, like if you have someone in there that's a medical expert that's able to do that and yet you don't want to hurt the kid, like you'd have someone with the knowledge to do that. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. And then she goes after that and she goes ape. She really goes bananas. It's like they turn a switch. She's. Well, I mean, you you see it on Tom's face during that conversation they have when she's dying her hair yeah. back brown. Like she, she, he's on the phone with her, and at one point, I think he even pulls it away and just sort of rolls his eyes, like I, I can't even with you right now. Yeah, <gasps> it's it's she's going crazy. She had that glazed look. They had that great thing where she's like half in shade and half in in light. Very very well done. And then she starts acting weird. And let's let's forget about acting weird about going the hot and cold and blaming Red for everything. There is more than that. She starts misremembering. Remember all those little things that got people very angry because you can't even keep things straight? Like Liz saying she had kept Tom in a boat for two months when we know it was four. But that may have been intentional. She's misremembering things. She misremembered that Red had said that um, Masha Rostova uh, was um, uh, had been was a name lost to history. That's not what Red said. She said Katerina was a name lost to history. Masha was just a rumor. But she misremembered. She misremembered. Um, hold on, there is another one that she misremembered. Um, what she told her. She never told Red that uh, her father gave this card to her. She told it to Beth Riker and to Dr. Orchin. To Red, she told her that she got it at 14. So she's been, they've been doing a phenomenal job over 
eight seasons of creating a picture of a woman who had problems to begin with. They explain this, what happened to her with Krylov, and they give us the example of what he did to a grown man. Then they tell us she had it done again, and then she started having all these issues, forgetting things, getting time wrong. She's getting more and more wooden in her emotions. Like she can't quite, she knows that she should feel sad, but she cannot quite express sadness, which is another thing of, of, of um, brain damage. I think that whatever they did, they, they did a lot of damage. Then she started hallucinating, first with Katerina, then with Tom, and then we get to season eight, and she's having full discussions with Mr. Kaplan. Uh, in which she's touching on all these great things about what the scar and why she's lying to people about getting it at 14. And, and Kaplan gives her these great ideas of going to the guy who wanted her dead. Um, it just seems to me that Kay was trying to kill Liz one way or another, all to get uh, Agnes out. And when does that, that thing, everybody's thinking this is about red, Yes, I think it is about Red, but it's the moment that Cooper allows Red to meet with Agnes. And two episodes later, Doc Custer is killed. So it's not about Red coming back to the task force. It's about Red having access to Agnes. And I'm trying to remember. Yeah, Kate would have definitely been around when, when the whole Doug Coster thing happened. So she probably, it was on her periphery. So I, I know I have been one of the people, I, I've never been angry at you for your views on Kaplan. I've just disagreed. Oh, with many them. people, many people. I, I'm just saying, I would like to point that out to our audience. I am not mm-hmm. one of the crazies. Um, well, not for that reason anyway. I have other reasons okay. I'm crazy. I love you anyway. <laughs> I have other reasons I'm crazy. But I, I will say with the way this is lining up with the sister, that I, I think you and I are probably on the same, same path here, that we think that the sister is the new Marine, right? Take me a minute to get her name. Mm-hmm. Um, that that she's she's super sketch. Um, oh yeah, I, the I, little old lady wanting the quiet life, and I did all this to get up, put away a criminal. My sister gave up a normal life to become a criminal, and then you kill her. And I, I gave up my life to, you know, do the right thing because it was the best thing. I, yeah, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> But what I was going to say was that I, I've pushed back because I love Kate Kaplan. Like she, she was always one of my favorite of the minor characters. I, I love the Deary. I love the actress. I love everything about her. And so I, I push back hard on the idea that she, that the moments where she was protecting Red when the cabal was sending people after him, after he'd been shot, that that wasn't real, that, you know, the, mm-hmm even her trying to get Liz out that that you know like I've pushed back hard on that that essentially the the kickoff point for me was always when Red shot her um and then like of course she got pissed like I if someone shot me I would be pretty pissed too (laughs) and if I were a criminal mastermind then I would probably try to destroy their world as well um (laughs) you know if you're already that deep why okay not go a so, little deeper? <laughs> so um, people do not cross jen especially do not shoot her 
Well, she would destroy not. Yeah, mean, that would that would be a good idea in any case. It stands. I will just write a nasty story about you, but mm. I don't. I I try not to cause any sort of mental or physical harm to human beings if I can help it. Just as a general rule in my life. But I mean, if if I were a criminal and that was already my baseline, then mm-hmm. I'd have no problem destroying someone's life. Of course. But my, I my would do it too. <laughs> gone on a rabbit trail there <laughs> but my, my point being that I, I've been one of the people that have pushed back because of my love for Kate Kaplan and I do I, I love Kate and the idea of her always sort of setting red up makes me very sad but it's brilliant I I am also inching to your side on this now it could be that the sister mistook something and is running to the hills with it it's but the enemy it, within, you know, the yeah, worst enemy, say, the one you can't see. Yeah. It just, like, I could see it. I could see it happening. Like, everything that you laid out there, I don't know what it is between last time and this time, but I just, I'm going, yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's the way the blacklist works. It shows you something, and you think you got it. And then in one little phrase, the whole thing shifts and it's you like, look back and you're like, oh my God, that dearie was in a term of affection. It means she's out to get you. It's like there's a thread that's tucked away. You know, the end of it's mm-hmm, tucked mm-hmm, in into mm-hmm. the fold, but then they tug on it just a little and the whole thing unravels. Yep. And you, and you think what you're seeing is real and it's not. Um, and it was that same thing about seeing Kate in up there, and you oh, know it's that not it's Kate. Probably it's not, not Kate. Kate. That's probably the sister. Oh, I, and, I, I, I'll take you one further. It's not that it's probably not Kate. I don't believe it's Kate at all. No, I, and even she may not. That may have been a projection. That may have been done with with um, you know, with technology. We just said over the over the calm that. It was a setup. And I, I touched on this earlier. I do think it was a setup, but I also think Weechi was involved in the setup. Uh, it could be. I mean, it could be. There is something there. But something about the way that Red has been consistently mistaking all these women. It seems like he's not so bad man, but he can get very involved with not reading well women. Like he thought, he never thought that Kate was out to get him. And yet when she wa- when he wanted to hire her in 1996 or 97, she made it clear she hated the man. So why did she agree to, oh, well, this is to protect Liz. Oh, sorry, let's go. And it's because she probably thought this guy is involving her life and I'm going to go with him to make sure that he never gets close to her. And that's Red Hat hid from her that he was directing the way Sam um, uh, raised her. He was keeping a lot of secrets from her that she didn't want to know. But I think what Kate did with with Krylov was create a a um, like a, 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 a trigger mechanism that was supposed to activate is if Liz 
found her the remains of her mother or saw her killed or or was reminded how much she loved her mother and he was supposed to go when Kate left those bones and deliver and had Tom deliver them without as much as putting a little note Kate knew Tom he knew the plan almost failed because Tom almost gave it to Liz but he didn't. He didn't know whose bones. And if Kate had left, hey, this is the bones of X, no one would have said, sure, I'm going to let him. But it's not putting the note and then telling Red about it when it was not necessary. That set them on a, on a collision. But she also had somebody else told who's who beat Denison before Red and Tom got there. So from the very beginning, from that moment that she delivers those bones, she wanted all of them dead. Do you think Kat is running the show in the background still? No, I think she died, but I think the sister is. No, no, no. Sorry, not Kate. Kat. Kat Katarina. I don't think that she's doing all this to kill Liz. No, no, no. Sorry. to, To get to Red. So there was a line in there. Um, Red was talking to Weecho when they were. It oh, was, they love uh, you. They need you. Uh, it it was. Uh, it, it, it would be so much easier to kill you. Yeah, is that the one? Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe one. they they are wait, saving me for something special, or they need me, or they love you, and yeah, what? Why can't it be all of it? Maybe um, all three. And like all I could think of in that moment was Katarina. The the Katarina is running this whole thing and i imagine even if kate didn't pull her sister into this nearly as deeply if katarina's been watching from the background she could go to her very simply and and say yeah you know but 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 you you have a very clear line whoever whoever did this did it there is a clear connecting line between the events that have happened, um, even preceding Liz's death, even preceding, even going beyond. Because uh, um, Blonde Cat gets killed, Liz goes on this That's crazy true. stuff. I think that Liz was supposed to go on that crazy stuff when she got the bones, because. Think about Kate's action when she gets the bones. She put them in a lovely suitcase, protected that suitcase in plastic. It was embroidered. Then put them under a tree with a carved K, like a, like a. She says. She says stone. all I all I had to do was tell tell her the truth. Give her give her the truth, and Kate believed those bones were Katerina, and by and. I think that was supposed to be the trigger. Liz was supposed to go bananas in season three, in season uh, five. In, at the in, end of four. At the end of four, five. in 422, when she got the bones of her mother. If she eventually got them and Red had survived, she was supposed to go bananas and kill Red. And that's where she gets triggered. Because think of what she does. She sees Blanca being killed. She's sad. She's in shock. What she wants to do, she wants to leave. Yeah. She tells, you know, I'm, I'm leaving. Uh, I told you what would happen. I'm gone. I, I don't want 
to even see you ever again. I'm taking my daughter and I'm leaving. She gets home to pack her stuff. She listens to that recording and she gets to that phrase, how much Liz loved her mother. And she gets that glazed look and she goes berserk. She forgets even about Agnes. She was reminded of Agnes when she sees the washer. And from there on, it's crazy. I think there's two things. She had a trigger implanted by Krilov that would make her want to kill Red. But because Jennifer showed her a, a report saying, oh, that's the bones of, of Reddington, she never got triggered. She got triggered two seasons later. And then she went crazy and started doing insane things. Yeah. And then at some point, somebody gives her a, this pill with some uh, hallucinogenic drugs, and then she starts hallucinating with Kate and then I wonder if that was Mrs. Uh, well, I mean, she almost, she almost had to have seen Maureen. And maybe even Maureen was sitting there with her. And she just saw Kate instead of Maureen. You know. Mm-hmm. I, and obviously not when she was with... Um, or it's a recording that, that Kate left. Yeah, I mean, there could be any number of things. So l- let me back up. Um, I, I don't think... Katarina was involved with with drugging Liz um, or having her killed, basically. Or yeah. Um, now, if Liz's death was faked, I could see her being involved in that. Yeah, but, but if she, I don't, where do you fall on the fake death now? Um, I'm inclined to say it wasn't faked, uh, just because of the clear line with Kate. Um, I guess it could have been at some point. I still see, again, it's improbable, not impossible. Yeah. Uh, so far as it seems, I'm inclined to say Lou was not involved in this. Um, and it was all this uh, run by this the, the lawyer and Cole. But there is a clear line. Cole was the one who obtained the tracker. Cole was the one who killed, who, um, who um, uh, drugged the... Uh, Cooper so he's involved and the line goes all the way towards from killing Liz and getting red so I can't say that Katerina is involved in that but I think that Katerina is involved somewhere yeah it's, I feel like, that's kind of, like it's kind of like the cabal I'm just I'm like is it here is this where we're coming in is this where the involvement is you know every time I'm looking for something um you you mentioned the lawyer uh Tyson LaCroix was his name mm-hmm. He was such a character. That, oh my, I love that. I can't believe oh, they killed him. Well, I mean, that that's the thing. As soon as they got shot down, my immediate thought was they are not dead. Like I left that episode going, yeah, they're not dead. And yet they they seem to be. I mean Oh no, they were dead. Yeah. I was yeah say, they were burned. They were burned. They knew too much. Yeah, but it was such a bizarre situation because LaCroix was clearly in the know of things mm-hmm. and an intelligent very intelligent man and then we found out later you know he's been you know scamming all these people blackmailing a bunch of people um so he's not dumb is my point i mean the man was very very bright he was very clever and so uh i don't remember who it was someone made the comment see if i have it in here um but the task force seemed to think they're dead and um, they got killed in front of the fbi I, i don't remember who it was but someone made the comment that that the safest place for both Reggie and LaCroix would have that been... That was Red. 
He's, okay, he's, he's, his only uh, chance of living is staying in that building. And yet they walked out. Not not a care in the world. Just walked straight to their car and got shot down. It was a very strange sort of thing for an intelligent person like that. But he may be, have that may not have been the game he was used to. He was very smart in his blackmailing game. But I don't think that they realize the people that they work because obviously they didn't invent this thing. They're running for somebody, and that somebody was clearly. A different kind of of individual. Now, if that is all, Kate's sister, I don't know. I think that there is more things involved. But, and I go back to the fact that Kate got someone else involved when she got those those bones out, and that was one of the last pieces of her of her revenge. I still say the cabal's out there somewhere. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if if Kate would he if the enemy is your enemy. Is your friend, then the cabal was the person to go. If she thinks that Kate or Katarina's dead, then why not? Mm-hmm. Well, clearly, sending Liz to Townsend was as crazy as it gets. But one thing I found interesting, and we haven't talked about that, is the fact that we're going back into another person, another agent who's having debilitating headaches and has to I definitely thought of Samar during that whole conversation I'm kind of surprised that they didn't mention Samar and all of that like just coming up maybe um but yeah she she's having the same issues with that dealing with that we've just had a lot of brain injuries on the show well poor folks it's very dangerous i mean this guy was using those those weapons and that's how she got in there um i love this phrase i'm guardian angel and an angel of death all wrapped up in a fiercely protective package yeah that is probably the best description of red i have seen beautifully done who was it which writer had that one was that um, was that lucas i it was that um i feel like that might have been the most recent one so that would have been lucas Ryder. No, no it is not i think it was sean Hen and it was oh. Il Conejo. okay then that was sean no it was helen maggie with cerrone actually okay yeah, it's when he goes in I mean, there, you know, it was brilliant. I, I, I will say I, I had massive complaints about Sean Hannon. Um Hannon, Hannon, Hannon. on uh, on that one episode with Scotty with mm-hmm. this the wrap-up of redemption that was so horrific. And I, I still have not forgiven him for that. I will hold that till the day I die. It, it may but, come, you know that everything comes to the blacklist for those who uh-huh. wait. <laughs> yeah. Patience is not my is not my virtue. I, I want to take but, something but, else. Uh, hang on, hang on. Let, let okay. me get what I was saying okay. though. Like I, I've complained about that and I regularly I will take any chance I have to mm-hmm. complain about that. But I will say Understood. That aside from that truly horrific piece of <laughs> fraction there the, the man is very talented like I, I i made the comment when when i watched all this i said you know we we brought they, they pulled out their their a-listers for these four episodes and he is included in that he is he is very good so i don't know that everyone has their off day i guess the wrapping up redemption was his off day i want to i want to i want to put in here a very light moment that i absolutely <laughs> adore which is the brother's script 
And I love how the blacklist has got so much smarter about understanding what makes people click. They're trying to get El Conejo's location. So Red suggests the script brothers who created the equipment that the server where all these things is. So instead of torturing them or beating them up or, you know, even wrestler is so far from lawyering up when Red told him, yeah, you think I'm going to carry you around so you can tell people that they can remain silent? Um, and that instead they just bring that carriage of expensive equipment and start throbbing, throwing it on the floor. And it was just a perfect torture for those guys. And it reminded me how far the task force have done in being actually able to deal with criminals. Uh, just like Red did with Mato. It's like, you know, I can sit here and beat you up, but that's not going to mean anything to you because, you know, you're beyond pain. But being buried in a concrete vault, that scares you. So that's what I'm going to do with you. So Mato tells him about the summer palace so that he knows he's going to die anyway, but just so that he's, he's not, his soul is not entrapped in a, in a concrete tomb. Yeah, and the the task force have got now good at understanding what makes people tick. Well, I mean, it's was it the first was it maybe the pilot episode in which was the first time that Red told Liz think like a criminal. Mm -hmm. He's he's essentially been teaching everybody to think like a criminal this entire yes. time, and so I mean, and to a degree, any sort of law enforcement needs to be able to. I I don't know how accurate this is. I've heard it. I mean, I, I watch a lot of crime fiction, <laughs> probably more than I should admit to, <laughs> but I, um, I've heard for ages that, that the psychological evaluation of a criminal and someone that goes into law enforcement is actually fairly similar. Yeah. Uh, it just depends it's on just which, a little which path. Yeah. It just depends on which path you choose. Yeah. And so, I mean, but the, and that would make sense because you've got to be able to think like the person you're trying to catch. Yep. And, and, in, in um, one of of the um, of the things that I that I always said, you know, when I was patting myself in the back about Aram, is is that the one thing I've always said is, wrestler never caught Red because he couldn't think like a criminal, which was the great thing about Gale. Remember Agent Gale? He was great, and he could think like a criminal. He was definitely insane. I loved Gail. I yeah. loved. I was so mad that they kicked him off. I oh, know oh. he was great. Forever but better. It was, and I always said the one who can think like Red will be a Ram. That's the reason what I was saying that a Ram will end up being the assistant director. And did you notice that wrestler had an a Ram level fanboy? over the way um i don't remember yes. which blacklister it was but one of the blacklisters did something and he had almost an yeah. wrong style moment of like yeah. utter fanboying yeah when that was about cole and 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 lacroix lacroix was was and cole were were black were using people who had gone to it. court but never which, had filed a, a a lawsuit and then they went in there and portrayed them as the lawyer of one party and normally brilliant. that normally that would have been an Aram moment to do, but yeah. obviously he's in a bit different situation now. And so the fact that Russ has gone to that point, like hey, he's not wearing suits anymore. Have I you noticed? Russ has been through hell. 
He's yeah. just like, I'm done. I'm done pretending. And I think that may be part of it is that he's done pretending. Like that suit was a suit of armor for him. He, yeah, it was like red with the hat. Did you notice that at some point we have red and you see the hat? Is the first time we've seen the hat? You know what? I was trying to figure out the other day what it was because he obviously shaved his head at the beginning of the season, which was, you know, whatever. Badly I, conceived. I wasn't crazy about it, but it's not my head. Um, you know, that's what I always said about when when Ryan shaved the sides of his head and had like the the faux hawk going on. Um, it, people were like, "It's so ugly," and I'm like, eh, "It's not my head. Not yeah, like I wouldn't have done hey, it if I were you, him." But you, not my but, head. but you're you're free to like it or not. Exactly, exactly. And I I was not a fan of the James Spader shaved head, but I noticed that his hair's been growing out, and I'm. I was trying to figure out, I'm going, why am I noticing all of these changes so much more? He doesn't have the freaking hat on. Yes. Yeah, they had, yeah. they had made this appearance and read his back, basically. Yeah. But one of, of the, um, one of the things that I wanted to, 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 to throw here for you is this concept that we've had for, that's another one of the running themes of the blacklist, which is the the preferred child and the abused or disliked or taking aside child, which sometimes is the more abused and the less abused, but there is one that is better than the other, more liked than the other, or less hated than the other. And with it, it's a running theme. We started with the courier and the, you know, the courier had this condition, so he didn't feel pain. So the father abused him. And he messed up with his head. Uh, we had the two, the two uh, twin, the twins, um, the meals that the um, Rowan was abused or Nora was abused, and and she went berserk and nobody believed it. And the other one was a liked sister. And the, bro the brothers, her. where one was um, was mentally handicapped, and the yes. other, yeah, and the drown, and then the and mm -hmm. that was Lady Ambrosia, and then. She hated the handicapped son because he couldn't, why the perfect son couldn't have been the one who survived. Oh. And that, he, that was such a good episode because it was so twisted. Like yeah. it just, and but, it, but it's a theme. It goes on yeah. on and on throughout of one child being cared and loved or preferred and groomed. Mm -hmm. uh, Wu Jing is a second kid. So she was oh. like, you don't exist. You, you got that impression in El Conejo. El about, Conejo. I mean, they never blatantly said that Samuel was the older brother, but you certainly got that impression. Yeah. And he was the, the liked one. He was like the one where like the father. He was the and strong then, one. Yeah. And and then, uh, then the father says it exactly what it was. You know, he's pretending that is because the other one was soft and he didn't want him involved and was protecting him. But the truth was he was the weak one. And he didn't he trust was, him. And he was pushing him aside because he was a weak one. But it's that weak son that ends up betraying well, him. I mean, I, I think you definitely saw that in, and that goes back to the, what looked like it was going to be a parallel between the way Red and Liz happened and the way that El Conejo and, and I don't remember what the son's name was. Samuel uh, was the older brother, but the one that we met. I don't know. Enrique, maybe? 
I can't remember. I don't remember. Um, but anyway, the, the son that was that was studying in America. Mm-hmm. Um, the college boy. As you yeah, co- college boy. <laughs> um, the, that it looked like they were, you know, slightly, slightly different parallels, but still, you know, kind of your, your house of mirrors situation going on where it's a fractured parallel. But then at the end of it, you find out that it looks like it and he's trying to make it look like it. But the reality of it is he was just trying to shove him aside. Mm-hmm. And we've had other, it's the abandonment without necessarily being abandoned, but the Liz felt abandoned, Tom felt abandoned. So many folks have felt abandoned through this Jennifer show. felt abandoned. Yeah, and and then you had this, this younger brother say, I didn't even know you were stateside. Like, you were a few hours away from me. I, I want to be involved because he just wanted his father's attention. Yeah, and approval and love. And, the, and then I started thinking about this with that and, and thinking about you know, for, for those of us who believe Red is Raymond Reddington, even though that may not be his real name, but he's the Raymond Reddington, you have another parallel, even if Jennifer is not his biological daughter. Because we have the, you know, Naomi saying, my daughter, not your daughter. There is, there is a, I mean, there is, in, you have this, you have one that is, protected by him and she felt abandoned so i wonder if they're slowly reintroducing jennifer because i don't buy that she was killed by i think liz was hallucinating that i even i don't know if i never thought told you but i did a oh no you were moving okay i did I went back finally in season eight. I'm sorry. I, I, I had someone contact me or I, I reached out to someone uh, that I know through fandom a couple days ago and said something. She goes, oh, you've resurfaced. And I'm like, mm. hi, I'm alive. Yep. Well, <laughs> like, I knew because I've yeah, been, yeah, I was going like, to say a lot of people knew I was in the middle yeah, of a I was texting with you. But, but Yeah. But I'm just saying that I've just been sort of under a rock the yeah, last well, two so months or so. I went back and I looked at at um at season a b starting after miss sarah right and i noticed something really bizarre okay bear with me liz just disappears in miss sarah right in from from Anne's house she just is gone i mean red mm-hmm. is there and she's just gone she surfaced again and when uh, Neville Townsend has the people in the backs kneeling in the floor and he's having that great dialogue like and we were talking about Kansas and it was a, such a fun thing a great bloodbath and then I said what about my wife and you know I so he's going like that and then he stops one of them and eventually he puts Liz in a plastic bag okay and we see they take the bag off. Advance to 817, Ivan Stepanov. And Liz is wearing the same outfit when she gets out of a van. Let that sink in. She's in a van and and Neville Townsend is saying, seeing you suffer is going to positively destroy him. 
And what do you know that Liz acts as if she has been giving hallucinogenics? I think Liz passed out and all of those episodes from the from the entire um, Russia knot, the other crazy one with with Priya is um, hold on um, Nicholas Obenrider and Ivan Stepanov are all happening in Liz's head. Because think about it, Red and, and, and the friendly and the friend from the East communicate with a cell phone. They don't need a rusty machine. No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. I was going to say, you, you've mentioned that before. And like, I, I know. I, it, I know. There is a definite disconnect in that. There is a disconnect. It makes no sense. It's insane. Then they, they solve this by decoding messages they no longer have with a machine they no longer have. And no longer need. No, because they communicate with phones for somebody else. And with those things, they get to a cafe in Paris where Liz acts like she's like this big thing. And, and Aram, instead of telling her what she's been telling all the time, I have no idea who you are anymore because I think now you're not my friend. You're some stranger and the nice people was just the illusion. Uh, he's just fawning over her over cross, uh, and he's getting croissant and she's eating his stuff. And they get to a meeting where we know they met in Moscow, not in Paris. So I think that entire thing, Liz gets a bag over her head and she starts having this dream or hallucination. Townsend had learned something, but probably because he had a camera in Anne's house that Red did not know about. A camera with sound and they were monitoring all that situation that Liz put in there and then they put her in a van and then starts so that Balthazar Bino Baker is real but the protein I don't think is real I tell you what I think happened in the protein I think Liz is the one who kills Essie and um, Essie and Skip she has this weird scene that in which she's so sad. Don't say oh, that. it's brilliant. It's brilliant. I'm, like, I'm not saying you're wrong. I just hope you're wrong. Oh no, you had that look. You know I'm right. I just I have that look like, oh, that could make sense and I don't like it. Yep, I knew the look. I mean, think about it. Remember when she goes to call Cooper? Because I love at the end of all. Hold on, hold on. You're going to hate it even more. I got no, more. No, I mean, why would it do this to my psyche? <laughs> hold on. It's brilliant. It's brilliant writing. You know, Liz goes out to, to talk with Cooper on the, on, the, on the roof, right? And she stops there. She turns around. And, you know, they were having these insane discussions about soup and, and the rainforest and, and all that. And then Liz suddenly turns and tells Skip, but not Essie. Thank you, Skip. And he says, well, it was only soup. And she says, no, 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 for everything. And then she turns around. I think she kills him. I think she's the one who kills. And you think that Jake's was real? But when they get to the morgue, they show us no. the two dead bodies. And it's Skip and Estee. No Jax. I think Jax wasn't real. I think Rocco wasn't real. 
I think she's being hallucinating. You you know how little I trusted Skip up until that episode. And then I I was like, Skip, I've I've judged you wrong, sir. And I totally ate crow on it. And so if it turns around that Liz was the ended up killing like, oh, that breaks my heart. I think it's brilliant. And and Essie, I mean, Essie would have remained uh, faithful to Liz. Essie turned on Liz was higher, and think about this. Liz hired Essie to find Ilya. She found Ilya, but she didn't just find Ilya until Liz. She started uh, spying on him. So I think that she had turned on Liz, and I think that what Blonde Cat did was hire Essie to, to find out about what Ilya was up to. And then she turns on, on Liz because Red got to her. Then she turns on Red again. You're telling me that woman said, oh, sure, I'll die on the Liz Hill. No, I think Liz killed him. Oh. And I think she hallucinated that the, this assassin was going to get Jennifer because this assassin leaves Jennifer the phone in the car. But it doesn't matter because apparently it's bumbling sister and bumbling assassin because the bumbling sister doesn't drive to a police station, doesn't call 911 or call Liz to let her know. She just runs to her and then conveniently this assassin who supposedly knows how to shoot, shoots the sister, not the driver. And then Liz sits there like, and then she talks, she's becoming a cat lady now. She has a cat. I think that's all in Liz's head. And now they're putting this this story back about the two, the siblings, one that feels is left aside. And think about how Jennifer was gleeful when Liz is telling him about Red facing the death penalty. I think if you're going to get, that's where we're going. And it's brilliant. Okay, you have a, you have a shock look. I I just I'm sorry my brain doesn't want to compute that. <laughs> That's okay. You just put it aside. I was gonna say, well, we'll stick this one on the shelf, and if it yeah. turns out to be right, then I will. I you know what? You won't need to break your own arm. I will reach over and pat you on the back. <laughs> it's okay. I'm getting good at that. Um, getting very and, flexible there, right? <laughs> yeah, and there was so much. Um, so much plot in this thing i'm like oh my god are they making fun of me or they're working with me in this thing um one thing are you still on the on the idea that cynthia might be involved in any of this i i think i've kind of come off of that i mean too i just uh, i i haven't seen any further signs so, i love I mean, her i love her i oh. love her so much I, I hope she never leaves. Like, I love the actress. I, I think she's a Texan, too. So, like, I think she's from the Panhandle. So, yay, she's awesome. Like, um, just all around. What about, uh, everybody keeps talking about about um, Marvin being involved in that and, and the killing of it. I think it's a red herring. I You know what? I, I've seen that, and we've talked about it some. And I, while it I've seen some... Wrong. Well, I've seen some signs. I still say that, like, the man, obvious. the man doesn't want to die. <laughs> yeah, like, I think it will be a very, very painful death. 
I mean, he's been on the torture side of Red before. And, like, and that was just for, for minor stuff. Yeah, I don't think he wants to relive that portion of his life. I think mm-hmm. he's got, I think he, he loves his own backside too much for that. Plus he knows he has had a, a, a kid that died. I don't think that he would have inflicted that. Mm, I've forgotten about that, but you're right. Yeah. How about the the enemy within? Did you like the surprise that that Wallace was the one who he was not innocent, and he had been the one that he was a criminal, and then he decided to just break off with 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 Jankovic. Plus, I love the fact that they brought the do- the son of, of Jankovic. Yeah, I, someone commented to me they saw the name of it and they're like oh my gosh someone on the writing team loves that name i said no no it's the son of of the guy that we've already seen so Mm -hmm. like it it was intentional um yeah i mean i thought and who's who was involved in that episode jennifer so it's interesting that you're bringing el conejo has this storyline about this this kid's one loved and one seemed uh, a week and then in the next one you're bringing an episode from a character linked to Jennifer when you've been talking about and that's the way they do it they got this this storyline and this thing that appears here and then you pick up another little thread and then suddenly there is an episode where all of them come together it's just brilliant uh, that, that's all I've got on my end yeah well I could go on and on and on <laughs> for hours on this that's fair. It's, but they've given us a lot they really have. And I, I think I think these were four good episodes to cover together. Like, I, I don't, hopefully we will not have any sort of situations pop up in which we have to do four episodes at once in the future. But if there were ever four episodes to cover together, these were good ones. Yeah, they were, they were excellent. I, I think in general, it's been, it's been brilliant. They, they're taking themes right from the very beginning of the show and and season nine seem to be bringing them all back and it it sometimes it's hard to keep your faith uh but i think that all in all um i i i think the show is in is in great direction i I am in a different camp i think it is very likely that liz is dead probable not sure but definitely I'm seeing the hand of Kate. I think the sister is involved to the brims. And I think it's interesting that Red is being taken by all those older women that he seemed to really misjudge. Yeah, there's definitely been a pattern there recently. And potentially longer than that, honestly. I mean, if, if he misjudged Kate all those years, maybe he even misjudged Katarina tremendously. Yeah. I have a feeling that we're going there. Um, you know, you, everybody got vulnerabilities and exactly. knowing what they are is a very important thing. And by the way, that um, I, I love the actor playing the, the safe maker. Oh, he was great. Yeah. Great. I, at first, I, I will say at first when he said, you know, that, that Red had requested the, the duplicate. I was like, oh my gosh, Red's lost time. What else does Red not know about? And then he started going into someone representing That, that was a brilliant like, oh, okay. moment. That was a brilliant moment when he said, dearie, and we were like- Oh, everybody I think, knew. I could, 
I could see that 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 collective gasp. And yeah. I'm like patting myself on the back, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, it was definite. Everybody went, ah, with yeah. Kate. It was and that great. was a great, great <laughs> moment. I mean, that was absolutely outstanding. So on that note, I'm excited to yep. see what the next ones will bring. Let's All right. That. Well, you guys can listen to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. And if you want to leave us a, a review there, that'd be awesome. You can also chat with us on Tumblr, uh, Tessa's on Reddit, we're on Facebook, and Twitter. I think that's it. <laughs> I'm out of practice, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, that's it. It's been a long session. So until next week, we'll be back on our weekly normal stuff. Yes. All right. Until then, bye-bye. Bye-bye.